Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. A couple weeks ago, I had called my parents to plan for this weekend. What's the gospel, my dad asked, to which I replied, um... Well, it's, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And those who do not take up their cross and follow me are not worthy of me. Ugh, I don't want to preach on that, he said. And I said, that's good, because you're not. But I have to admit that I didn't really want to preach on this as well. This isn't the happy, huggy Jesus we all know and love. This Jesus is speaking of the realities the disciples will face as they bring Jesus' good news to the world. Last week, Jesus called together his team of disciples by name, telling them to cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. So, what's the problem? Why does Jesus suddenly start talking about swords and families hating each other. Whenever a Bible passage leaves me stumped, one of my favorite ways to try and move forward is to compare translations and see how different people have interpreted the messages throughout time. With this passage, I went first to my First Nations version of the New Testament, a version of the Bible that follows indigenous storytelling traditions. Do you look for me to bring peace to this troubled land? The message I bring will pierce the land like the blade of a long knife. This is a little easier to understand, but it's still not great. What is the message that Jesus brings that's so sharp? Doesn't Jesus always talk about love? And the things Jesus spoke most about were love and the kingdom of God. Jesus' message was about love, to love God, to love your neighbor as yourself, and to serve your neighbor. Jesus also spoke about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is something that is currently happening and also something we're striving for. A place and a state of being where there is no hurt or pain, where we are all reconciled to Christ through his death and resurrection on the cross. How could something so good and so necessary in this world be divisive? God's love is boundless, eternal, and incredible, and a challenge. In sharing the love of God, followers of Christ are asked to show this love the way God would to every single person we meet, even people we don't agree with, even people who have made bad decisions, even people who seem like the complete opposite of us. This word of love is also a threat to people in power. There are lots of hierarchies and order we humans have established. Things like, I'm better than that person because I have a better house, or I'm worse off than this other person because they have a better job. Or maybe, at least, I'm not 
as bad as so-and-so because their children misbehave all the time. Many of our cultures in the States teach us that we need to be better than the people around us. Work hard and get a promotion at work. Be the Girl Scout who sells the most cookies. We humans like to divide people into groups, and we like to feel good, and so we compare ourselves to other people. Who's getting the best grades? Who has the longest vacation or the fanciest car? And then Jesus comes along and says, the last will be first and the first will be last, and let the little children come to me. And it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to get into heaven. Jesus says the most important commandments are to love God and to love our neighbors. He flips our expectations of what it means to have power and who is important. Because to God, every human being is important. Regardless of age, race, sexuality, or gender, abilities, past experiences, past choices, future choices, every single person is important and loved by God. And more intimately, following Jesus involves admitting that I sin too. I've made mistakes, I've left things undone, and I need grace just as much as the next person. It's so, so easy to deflect and say, yeah, that person needs help, but I don't. We do not like to see our flaws. We do not like to admit that we need God's grace. We need God's love. We need the salvation given to us through Jesus Christ. To have such a stark view of oneself can be upsetting and uncomfortable. And yet, despite sinful nature and the possibility of God's love causing strife, you are asked to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And here's the thing. When your arms are full of a cross, you don't have your hands free to bother with all the things the world wants us to do. You don't have the energy to hide the parts of yourself the world might not like or sink energy into anger and revenge. When you're dragging a cross along, it's really hard to forget that you are a sinful person who needs God's grace. And it's not always fun. It's not always hugs and happiness. Carrying your cross means being honest with yourself that the world is full of brokenness. And as disciples of Christ, we are tasked to go up to that brokenness, look it in the eyes, and say, I know how bad you are, and I still have hope. I know how terrible you are, and I am still loved, and I'm going to try and share that love with you. And we won't always succeed, but we carry our crosses along all the same. Sometimes following Jesus is a bummer, not because Jesus is a bummer, but because it can be exhausting to continually battle against the ideas the world wants us to give in to, 
It can be heartbreaking to accompany others in their pain and sorrow. And Jesus knew this. Following Jesus involves being honest with the broken, sinful nature that is in our world and within ourselves. There's no hiding or avoiding sin when you follow Jesus. And that's tough. It can be exhausting, scary, and angering. And Jesus knew we would make some difficult decisions along the way. Sometimes following Jesus means grief because you are here running a church when all you want to do is go crash your friend's wedding. Sometimes following Jesus is taking a long, deep look at yourself and doing the difficult work of dismantling internal biases. Sometimes following Jesus means being in the hospital with people as they die. And Jesus knew this. Jesus did these ministry things too. Maybe not exactly in the ways I've experienced them or in the ways you have or will experience them. But Jesus gets it. Jesus was always going to people who were sick, outcast, unliked by society, and eating meals with them, curing their sickness and supporting them. Jesus went right up to the broken, hurting, sinful edges of society and said, I am here, and I love you, and I carry this cross for you. And you are called to carry that same cross. Thankfully, none of us are alone when we carry our cross. Jesus speaks today in all sorts of relationships, disciple and teacher, slave and master, son and father, daughter and mother, daughter-in-law and mother-in-law. We also read about dark and light, whispering and yelling, body and soul, losing and finding, and peace and a sword. We are all in relationship with each other, and that goes for us in this room, for those of us in this town, and for all of us around the world. When I am unable to carry my cross, there are other people here to help me pick it back up again. And I can tell you that I've been dropping my cross all over the place this June, and this congregation has done the amazing work of carrying it along with me. Ministry is not something we do alone. Sometimes, following Jesus is amazing. Sometimes, following Jesus is seeing people step in when they see you floundering so to help you out. Sometimes, following Jesus is telling your call story, and a few days later, having someone who heard it say, your story reminded me that I always have a place at church. Sometimes, following Jesus is embracing the parts of you that the world doesn't like, but knowing that God made you special and loves you very much. Sometimes following Jesus is listening to a little one at VBS say, Jesus is up there, and saying, do you know where else Jesus is? In your heart. And the little one giggling and agreeing. Because even 
When carrying your cross seems too big of a burden, when you have to make tough decisions, and the world seems too big and too broken, God's love and grace is still there. The Holy Spirit is there, nudging you along to take one more step. God's love never changes and never wavers, even when we, God's children, do. It is a very Lutheran concept to believe in the both and that exists in our lives and our spirituality. Jesus was both fully human and fully God. We have law and gospel, and each one of us is a saint and a sinner. We are both, not one or the other, not neither, but both at the exact same time. We are people who continually turn away from God, damaging all of our relationships. And we are wholly loved children of God, completely forgiven and redeemed through Jesus Christ. We destroy the perfect world God has created, and we work with God to get closer and closer to the kingdom of God. The brokenness of the world exists right alongside God's grace. The brokenness needs God's grace. When you're right up close and personal with the pain that's carried every day, the need for grace is even clearer. Jesus was honest about the realities of ministry and our human need for God's boundless love. The need for a Holy Spirit to daily give us new life and the need for a Christ who says, I understand, and I am walking with you. Jesus says not to be afraid three times in the gospel lesson today. Do not be afraid, as you are more valuable than many sparrows. Despite the strife that could be caused from preaching God's love, Jesus says, keep going. The love of God needs to be shared with this world. You are not to be afraid of these divisions because God is with you. While each of us may feel doubt, exhaustion, and grief, God's love for you never wavers. God's love for your neighbors never changes. God never turns away from God's creation. Do not be afraid because Jesus is always walking with you there to give support. Jesus knew that his word of love would divide people because even as he was teaching, it divided people. He was a threat to the people in power and he kept going anyway. He kept teaching, healing, leading, and walking with his disciples, speaking love and grace. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you when life is easy and fun, and Jesus is with you when life gets more difficult and when you have to rely on your faith. And in those moments when it seems like all you have is your faith, Jesus wants you to rely on God's love as a place to rest and a place to share from. Amen.